What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Syndicate Podcast. Got episode 11 here. My friend Nick Rogers, my fellow Italian paisan, Mikugine, the young king, very, very interesting guy, does a lot of things and seems to be, you know, somebody that I've, I've seen just be very efficient. And we'll talk about some things here over the course of this podcast. You know, things some of our friends have said about you when, uh, when I didn't even know you, right? And I'm interested to kind of see where this conversation goes. And, and as always, you know, there's no planned questions. And we just kind of vibe and, and see where everything goes. So, Nick, how you doing today, man? Yeah, man. Uh, great, great to be here. Appreciate it. I'm doing great. You know, we just closed the sale earlier. We're doing good. We're just building. We're figuring it out. But uh, it's a good day, as as always. Cool, cool. So, you know, you're you're a guy, and I'll start it off with the, with this. You know, you're a guy that I I think I've only met once. I think we met at the wharf, like probably drinking. Back in December, probably about six months ago, back in December. And what was interesting, I was like, oh, like, I was like, I didn't like know who you were. Like, I knew who you were, but like, I didn't know who you were, yep. if that makes sense. And uh, something that our, our friend Ricardo said to me was like, you know, I was hanging around with, with everybody. And it was very, very evident to me that Nick makes more money than everybody just based on the way he moves. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> moves as in like how it's just like or... no 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 like just mannerisms right uh interesting and and like just in terms and in terms of the mannerisms and and when i met you i saw the same thing right very briefly which is interesting and i want to kind of talk about it. i'm not really sure i haven't listened to, to any of your other you know podcasts or interviews that you've done but I know that when you got started out, you and I have had a very similar kind of origin story, getting started in something like sales. I know you did car sales. I knew you're probably very good at car sales. And then kind of getting out of college and being like, fuck this shit, I hate it. And forcing, kind of being the type of person that like forces themselves to get out of a certain shitty situation and just go balls to the wall, right? Yeah. So I'm going to kind of talk about like your, your origin story a little bit. And then we'll kind of just go from there and, and rip off, riff off. So like you started out, you were what, 18 in college. You went, went for like a week. Uh, <laughs> I was there for two months. I was there for okay. two months. I was a dual major university of Pittsburgh. And uh, about one month in, I just knew I hated it. It was awful. It was like, just didn't want to be there. It wasn't something that I wanted. And that's where I really started thinking of like, what are the options besides this? Do I have to be here? Cause it was always like something you know, I always wanted to do my own thing. Yeah, so it was always something I, I, I always wanted to start my own thing, but I didn't know how. And I always just assumed, you know, college, you know, growing up, like that pressure in high school, everyone's, you know, applying for college. Your guidance counselors are like, getting you in, like, oh, we got to apply for college. Yeah. Your parents, your family, oh, yeah, you're going to go to a good college, blah, blah, blah. There's that social pressure there. Yeah. You just assume you're supposed to go. And then when I got there, I was like, do I actually have to be here to like, get what I want? And yeah. I started just, like, uh, I started just researching, like, on the internet. Do you have to go to college to be successful? And, like, a bunch of bullshit like that. And, like, some Gary Vee videos came out. You know, I'm a dumb, like, 18-year-old kid. Yeah. Like, I don't have any life experience. And um, that was where things kind of opened up. I was like, people are making money on the internet. People are making money elsewhere and they didn't go to school. People are like real estate agents and like in sales and all do all this different stuff. So that was kind of the, the mindset I had. And then really that second month where was where I was just like, dude, 
this is yeah i can't be here i had a philosophy like really important philosophy essay due in, in like a few days and i was like just not gonna do it since i'm not <laughs> turning this in and i just went and just dropped out and signed the papers um so does that answer the question yeah yeah and what's interesting where are you from by the way i'm from new york syracuse oh okay i'm from yeah, philly yeah i'm from philly when you said you went to Pitt that it's interesting. I was, I went to a state school in Pennsylvania as well. And, you know, it's, it's interesting, dude. Cause like you're, and you're what, 23, 24. Just turned 23 a couple months ago. Okay. So yeah. So that was probably around the time somewhat, I'm about to be 25. So you're, so that was probably what, 2016, 2017. That was, that was the end of 2017. Okay. That's fucking crazy, man, because that was when I first started kind of discovering the, the online business space as well. Okay. Guys like Gary Vee, guys like even like when the whole Ty Lopez thing went all crazy, like back in like 2015, like I'm like, yo, like people are making money on the Internet. Like, I don't really want to do school. So then, you you know, like you find drop shipping, you find, you know, Amazon, FBA, Amazon, the wholesaling, Amazon drop shipping, And you're like trying to figure everything out. You start signing up to all this shit. So when you dropped out, right, did you stay in Pittsburgh or do you go, did you go back to New York? I went, I went right home. So, and then you got into car sales. How long yeah, did you do you car know, sales? I had, I had, you know, I had a thousand dollars in my bank account. Oh, okay. So I'm like, um, 18 year old kid. I worked like a, at a golf course for a couple of years in high school or whatever. I had a thousand dollars in my bank account. So I went back home and I took a week between uh, dropping out and when I started the job. Yeah. And first the mindset is, Dude, what, like, what do I, what, what do I, what should I do? Like, I don't know where to go. What do I do? I obviously needed money. And I'm like, what's going to pay good? And what's going to get me some kind of skill that is going to elevate me, you know, long-term? What can I, what kind of knowledge can I gather from this first job, whatever? Because the end goal is always to work for myself, but I needed money. Yeah. So I figured car sales is yeah. the way to go. Or just an option because I wouldn't say it's the way to go. It was an option that would make me a, a decent amount of cash, but also teach me that skill. And it's a very hard business, especially for an 18 year old. Yeah. Because, and, and it's a very, and sales, especially, especially in-person sales. And this is for the listener, right? Like if you're like an 18 year old kid and you start out in like solar or like door to door, like if you're selling like pest, let's use like pest control or solar or even car sales, right? Like there's a lack of, like you're selling the majority of the time, actually, I would probably say 100% of the time you're selling to older people, right? So there's a lack of trust because you're a young person. And a lack of rapport. Like and a lack you, of rapport. What do you talk to an old person about? It's like talking to your grandparents. How can yeah. you relate to them? You have to figure that out. And it's for an 18-year-old fresh out of college, really fresh out of high school, you know, because I was in college for a month, um, two months. It's like, what do you even talk about? How do you relate to this person? Like, how, like are they actually interested in this car they just here to waste your time you know and yep. you're just really trying to learn at the, at the start there uh, and what's what's the- interesting especially is like <clears throat> you in, in in these types of sales environments it's it's very much so you're being thrown into the fire right like you're going in no experience on probably no training Right. And they're like, okay, go sell. You have to sell. You have to move 20 cars off the lot this month. You have to sell X amount of deals. You have, you have a quota to hit for your bonus. So you get paid and you're working commission only most of the time, right? You're work you're working commission only. You eat, you really, really only make money off of used car commission. 
or the bonus from new cars. Cause new cars, you're pretty much selling bare bones. You're getting like a hundred bucks for commission because they don't make any money, right? They make all their money off bonuses from the factory. So you have yeah. to hit your bonus numbers to actually fully get paid. Yeah. That's, that was the same way in, in lending, right? You have to hit, like you can sell, like you can, you can have a month where you sell 2 million, but if the quote is 2.1, you're not getting, you're not getting paid the 15 grand. You're not getting paid that, that full, that full commission. And what's interesting is like, as a young kid and like you and I were both, you were what you were 18. And when I got started, I was actually, when I got started in sales in general, I was 21 and I was selling whole life insurance and, and investment asset management to older people. Yep. Bro, as a 21 year old kid trying to sell that shit, the disconnect like you know, the, the cognitive fucking dissonance from that is like, I, I could imagine, especially since you probably had no life experience at that point, you know, at, at this point, I'm 23. I could imagine myself being able to sell that really good. Cause I yeah. understand it now. And I'm actually involved in stuff like yeah. that and actively investing, which is something we should talk about later. Yeah. A lot of guys our age do not take their cash and put it in assets. I talk about it all the time. I've been seeing you rant about this for like the past three days. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it pisses me off a lot. But I could see myself and probably you, you could see yourself selling that now that we have some life experience and yeah. can actually relate to the real world. But when we're just starting fresh out of college, fresh out of school, dude, we are like, we're like puppies yeah. in a way because we don't know what we don't know. We don't know what we don't know. And we don't understand the world. And we don't even know what questions to ask. Right. Like that's, you don't know what you don't know. I mean, you don't even know what fucking questions to ask in order to get better or to understand things better. This is why I always tell everybody, like I literally preach this, like first seek to understand. And like life is just a constant process of seeking to understand. Right. But now I think, well, just based off of like raw sales ability and like, you could probably agree with me, like based off raw sales ability, like you could probably go in itself on anything. Like, I think even, even with my, like, who I am now, like at 24, I could probably, I, what, what, what would be like a quota for like a car dealership? Like, uh, I mean, if you're, you need to hit like 10 to 15 cars to be yeah. solid, to be solid. Like, I think that if you and I stepped on a lot, right. That'd be, we could easily do that. Right. And now I would be so good now. Well, I would be so great up. Like, and, and I always have this joke. It's like my worst case scenario is I go sling Mercedes Benz's for six months and, <laughs> and then and that's it but i think now with like the life experience combined with the raw sales ability plus the intellect and the knowledge you could kind of i could easily go into any kind of environment and absolutely crush and, and be and you know what really sells it it's sure it's the sales ability and just knowing okay this is the general process i don't need to write the sales process down oh. on my desk anymore right on the sticky note but i go 18 my first deal i have like a sticky note of like yeah. Hey, this is what they trained me. This is the sales process. And now it's just like, it just, it just happens. I use the same sales process naturally now, but it's also the confidence you go into it with because you have that knowledge. So your conviction's really high and you're super confident when you're showing the product to people and they naturally trust you because of that. Yeah. You know, I, I saw a tweet earlier. I forget who tweeted it, but it was like any, not everyone can be smart, but everyone can truly believe and conviction, I think, is where most people fall short, right? And you need to be a certain type of man, a certain type of person, I think, in life. And you have to go through a lot in order to have the high level of conviction, 
right? The more stress you endure, the more tenacity you have, you can start like my boy, my boy, Jack said to me, like, he, and he says this to me like all the time, sometimes like, especially like, like a year and a half ago, he's like, you know, he's like, dude, sometimes like when you say things, you say things with such conviction and like, it might not even be right, but I believe it. <laughs> like, and so I think that's something that, and people who are listening, like if you wanted to say, cultivate your conviction and become a more convicted individual, you just have to go through more shit. You have to get more, you have to acquire more skills. You have to study, you have to just become better in every aspect so that you become a highly convicted individual. And life is like, and I've talked about this recently a lot on my socials. It's like a balance of, you want to experience pain so you can go into the hard situations and be very comfortable. So you yeah. want to experience the pain of like, dude, this is like so fucking hard, but you get through it. You learn how to be comfortable and confident in the, the hard situations that are similar. Yeah. And that's how you, that's how you be successful. It's, yeah. It's, that's how you win. It's exactly the same. It's like- absolutely. And now it's like, and now for you and I, it's absolutely second nature. Right. Mm-hmm. All of that stuff is second nature. Like, I don't need to say, like, I remember I used to have the same thing. I used to be like, okay, well you do this, 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 and here's the steps and here's the questions that you got it. Like, and now like every single time, even like I take the same sales process that I did when I was selling business loans to like selling marketing or to selling like anything. And it's just like, it's an interview process and you're like, okay, well, based on what you told me, I think you're a fit for this. And then you just show them the product and you want it. Okay, cool. Show them a product, you price, you price anchor it, and you, you make it make sense. Yeah. You break it down. You say, okay, well, how much do you want to spend? How much? It's you know? it just it saying it like that. I say it with a smile on my face because it comes yeah. so easy now. Yeah. It's just funny. It's yeah. Funny. And, and especially when you – and you seem to be and, – and based off what I've seen, and I want to talk about this a little bit, is like you seem to be a really uh, – just genuine like into creating really cool products and really good shit like you seem to be a product guy and i think and and something that i've seen across every single industry especially with all of our friends is that we're all the same way when it comes to we want to make really cool shit and we want to make the best shit right and by doing that like it also increases the level of your conviction in your product because you know you create an amazing thing right there's something to be said for you know, there's always this argument. Okay, if I'm a beginner and I were to start all over again, like, what would I do? Oh, you should do something you're passionate about. Now, there's something to be said for both sides of it. Because if you're passionate about it, your conviction on it is going to be incredibly high. Yeah. But it also has to be something that can make you money and can make you extremely rich. So it needs mm-hmm. to be some kind of balance there. Absolutely. I've seen people say, say you know, lean towards both ways. Um, to me, I think if you truly want to be convicted and confident in what you're selling and what you're building, you need to be somewhat excited about it uh, to a degree. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And that's not to say like, don't do something that you're not like doing something that you're not excited about is, is a bad idea because sometimes we got to do shit that we don't want to do to get paid. But when we do that, you have to make sure you're doing something that you don't like to do that creates transferable skills like a car sales job or selling shit over the phone or working for a marketing agency and doing outreach or like and learning the business right because all of that shit you and i carry into and the 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 experience that we created we carry into every single thing that we do now 
right? Because we've developed that foundation. And something that me and me and uh, Dan talk about all the time is like, once you reach that certain threshold, there's a point of no return, right? Once you've sold enough shit, you know how to sell shit. You can't go back. Once you know how to grow Instagram pages, like you, if, if Nick Rogers gets his hand on a phone fresh out of jail, zero dollars <laughs> bank, he gets his hand on the iPhone six, bro. It's a wrap, right? Like, <laughs> so like, you don't have to spend the time. You don't have to spend all that time relearning everything because you already know. Unless you get like dementia or something, or something happens, you get hit on the head a little too hard. You get hit by Luke Alexander in the ring. Who knows, right? <laughs> <laughs> but like, uh, that's just funny. <laughs> but like that. That being said, dude, like, I think like for all you young guys listening, like, and there's a lot of young guys listening, like all over the world, man. Like, make sure you guys are doing something. Like, you know how many people Nick I've, I've told like who have joined like a cash flow syndicate, right? And like, I'm working at. KFC or I'm working at Dunkin Donuts. I'm like, bro, quit the fucking Dunkin Donuts job. Go and do something. You can literally go do almost anything else. Literally almost do anything else, bro. Go get some like some kind of people skills that you can get tips somewhere. Um, you, you, you know, like even being a waiter or, you know, I had another opportunity to work at a car uh, wash, but it's a very high end car wash and you can get yeah. tips. And you can meet people right there in line. Even doing something like that where you need to develop people skills, like real people skills for yep. a tip or something along those lines, makes a lot more sense than working at McDonald's. You know, something that, and you're going to laugh at this, something that I never understood about McDonald's, bro, and like how people can work there, like working and like, dude, and I, when I was 19, bro, I made sandwiches for three weeks at Jersey Mike's until I got fucking fired. But because <laughs> they said I had an attitude problem, which I fucking did. But something I like, I noticed was like, dude, like you're ringing up a thousand dollars an hour on that register. You're getting paid seven bucks. And the lack of understanding about money and how business works. Like you can sit there and work at McDonald's and be like, like, no, like none of those guys are sitting there thinking, yo, I just rang up, rang up a thousand dollars on this register and they're paying me eight bucks. Wait, hold up. This is fucked up. How much does this Big Mac cost to make? How much is the franchisee paying? Paying? It's, it's right? not even that's fucked up, right? Because it's how business operates. Of but course. If you're in, if you're in that scenario, and you're like, dude, I want to be rich because everyone wants to be rich, right? Yeah. And you're in that scenario, and you're like, you do, and you don't question the fact that you're making eight dollars an hour, but the business is making this amount. You're not. You're not like, can I do something like this for myself? Then you're lost. You know, you're just not gonna make it if you're in that scenario. You don't see that. Yeah. Like. And I always thought about that, dude. And I remember like when that, when that business first opened, like when they, cause like, it was like a new store, like when I was like 19 and it was the summer before my sophomore year of college. And I've tweeted about this, right. About the red cups, but I was sitting there and I remember they were like, Oh yeah, we just made, Oh yeah. We made $1,200 in the past hour during the lunch rush. I was like, yo, I'm getting paid nine bucks. The fuck. I was like, I was pissed. Bro, I remember I was standing there, bro. I was putting that olive oil on the sandwich, bro. I was fucking furious. I was furious. And I had a stu- I was I, my friend took a picture of me and I can't find the picture. And I think it would go fucking viral as a meme on Twitter. But bro, I was sitting there, giant baggy ass red polo. I was probably about 10, 15 pounds lighter than I am. Fucking stupid ass hat like this. I had no beard, no facial hair. I was 19 years old. I was like pale because I was inside all day, even though I was trying to get some fucking sun, bro. And I had to wear khakis 
and I had to wear this giant fucking red polo, bro. And I was I so know. mad every day. I just had fucking attitude. And I was putting that olive oil on that sandwich that day. And I was like, you, fuck you didn't want to be there. I didn't want to be there, bro. Didn't want to be there. But I made 500 bucks in three weeks. And I took that money. We went and bought some kegs, some cups. <laughs> Snapchat, Instagram, fucking everything. Original fucking original shit back before people like right when that shit came out, dude. Like, yo, we're throwing a party. Everyone show up here. Five dollars a head. Then we charge fat chicks 20. <laughs> I swear to God. As you, as you should, though. As you I should. swear to God, bro. I swear. Like, you know, no, no, you know, no offense to, you know, all, all you ladies are beautiful, but, you know, but. You know, we got to keep a certain, got to keep a certain flow of flow of things. But yeah, dude, we took that and we made a thousand dollars in an hour. And, uh, that was, that was my first, I guess, like real, like kind of business success, which was fucking like just slinging cups and throwing parties and like having events, you know, a couple nights a week, like at my, at my house. And like, that's how I bought fucking clothes. That's how we paid the electric bill. It's how we did everything, dude. And it's like, that's where I first started getting my fucking sales ability. Right. It was like, you know, denying people at the door, making sure everything's copacetic with like, you know, the people inside, you know, is the, what's up with the noise? Like, uh, you know, do we have to bribe the cops? Do we have to pay off these, these hired campus security people that are walking around? So would like, you, would you say you're a natural born leader? I would, I would, but with anything, you'll probably agree. Being a natural born leader does not mean that you should not continue to cultivate and work on your relationship and leadership right. skills. Right. Now you I can have, is, go ahead. I, th I think there are moments where it just like, cause I noticed about myself where it's not even spoken. For example, I'll be working out with a friend, not even spoken that I'm going to be deciding what we, we do it in a workout. It yeah. just happens. Yeah. Right. And I think there, there are stages where things naturally just happen and putting a natural born leader or someone a high testosterone male, as, as they say on Twitter, right? Really just a like a natural born leader. Is yeah. that, that's, that's what that is. Um, in a situation where you have to work the minimum wage job while you're seeing the cash roll in, yeah, that puts you in a very unnatural yes. situation where you, yes. where you get angry and you feel pain because you're, you're stuck there. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And because it's so disaligned with your core and your core belief systems and your vision that it creates not only animosity, it creates tension and it creates a feeling of disgust within yourself. That's what I personally believe. But what I was going to say was also, I, I would, sorry, let me, let me just take this out. Real quick. Um, So I don't think that just because you're a natural born leader, you should be, you should, you should just say, oh, I'm a natural born leader. That means everyone's going to listen to me. I think it's incredibly important to play, not only play to your strengths, but because you're a natural born leader to continue to cultivate and work on those skills that you have as a leader, as an influential individual, as a persuasive individual, I think if you do that and you become a better leader, that means you can have more impact. That means you can be better, right? Your friends become better. The people you're around become better. Your businesses are more successful. Your, your entire life becomes better because you've chosen to cultivate these skills and you can play to your strengths. But I completely agree with you in the essence that 
natural born leaders put into unnatural situations like the meme right i'm sure you've seen the meme of like 800 a thousand years ago a guy like me or a guy like you like you know we're, we do shit on the computer now but we'd be out there with our sticks and spears and everything fucking hunting shit down right, right. and now you got these guys who are like would would be conquerors of the world working in investment banking at a desk right working at wherever right or they're what in I'll say, what i'll say is and i think you're going for a point there but what i'll say is they are in a way like we you think about it every day we're trying to get to the top we are conquering the world in a way of like uh the modern sense yeah but of course there is that meme there of like yeah. years ago it's like we would be out in the woods like hunting and then building like shelter for our villages and there is something very unnatural about the way we live in modern yeah. society and how we conquer uh, yeah. our, the world we live in you know i was telling my girl last night right she was asking me about she was asking me about something i forget like the entire conversation but she was asking me about why do guys value money so much Right. Because, and, and as a guy, I was, she, so she was saying, you know, why, you know, she was asking me questions, but she was like, you know, why do guys value money so much? And I was, well, and I told her, I said, because your value as a man is, stems from two things mainly, right. Innately is the amount of money you have, which is power. Right. And the quality of women that you get. Right. Because you're judged by your boys and you're judged by society based on the quality of women. That you, like you see a guy with a super hot girlfriend and they're like, okay, he's, he's cool. He's doing well because it's currency, but the interesting point that I came to and the interesting realization was that money is now just a symbolic stick, right? Whoever has the biggest stick and who is the most powerful runs the world, right? Money is just a way to have a bigger stick and exert more power on the world because you can't go out there and exert physical violence on everybody. Right. So now we make money because then we can do things like by politicians at the highest level. Like we can buy this, we can buy that and start to influence society from the shadows and exert force through the use of money, through the proxy of money, which was an, which was an interesting thought. Now, I want to kind of shift focus. Do you have anything to add on that? No, I agree hundred percent. Yeah. So that's how we, and, and my point is, is that's how we conquer the world now, right? Mm -hmm. Is the more means that we have, the more power and the more force we can exert on the world, right? right? The more freedom the more, that we have. The more assets we collect, right? The more power we can exert in the world, like you said. Exactly. And also, that also plays on my point of like, guys just doing stupid shit with the cash. It's like, yeah. you really break it down. We break it down from a, from a smart aspect, right? And then we break it down from this psychological aspect of like power. You are going out and wasting your cash, your hard-earned cash on bullshit and you have zero left i see a lot of people in miami with that and that's why I, I talk about it a lot because it's just like it just happens all the time i i know very few people that are actually investing their money mm -hmm. that are my age but on, on a psychological aspect and in a subconscious aspect keeping the cash and using it to buy assets is accumulation of power Yes. You wasting it is you wasting the opportunity to acquire power, and it's very foolish. Yes. Very foolish. Yes. 
And something I want to add to that is there's two ways that that's done, right? Accumulation of assets, right? And you and I actually had an interesting conversation because you were going to buy a car. You were going to buy a GT3, right? Uh, I was going to buy a 911 Turbo S. Okay. Right? That's that's a quarter million dollar car. Uh, wow. A little bit more. It was a little bit more after the okay. sticker price and whatever. It was almost yeah. So let's call it let's call it let's call it three hundred piece, right? You're gonna buy a three hundred thousand dollar car, and that could be considered an asset, right? Because that would that would add to your life. And what was interesting is the point that you made and that you put on Instagram that I don't think I don't think enough people really understood. And and I think a lot. And this is what I want to explain to the listener. Nick could easily buy a three hundred thousand dollar car use it as an asset for marketing, for the things that he's going to do, for all of the things that he's currently doing and future pace it as an asset, obviously right off the depreciation, taxes, all that, all that jets. But what you chose to do was very interesting. Delayed gratification. You chose to hire people to expand your sphere of influence, to grow your companies faster so that instead of buying one Porsche, Six months, a year from now, you use all the capital that you've accumulated because you've waited and held off and then you can buy five. Right. And it's not, it's not even just that, buying five or whatever. It's about what is more valuable to me right now. Is it using this as an asset? It would, it would be used for marketing and yep. used to make money or growing and it would grow the company faster or putting extra pressure into growing the company even harder by hiring employees and building better systems right now and investing all the cash that I could have put in the Porsche into this right now as a young person at 23, dude, it's different if I'm like 30, right? And I've yeah. been in the game for 10 years. I want a little bit of a reward at that point. I'm 23. So it's like, if I just, instead of doing that, I would grow the business much faster by reinvesting the cash hiring, bringing on new people to expand what we're currently doing. Cause the system we have works. We just need to yeah. put more fuel on the fire. Yeah. The Porsche does not put enough fuel on the fire. I, I can see that. And what's interesting is that's also accumulating assets. Mm-hmm. You can look at it the same, you can look at it the same way because few people and there's an old Stefan Molyneux video about human capital but human capital is something in businesses that you're able to use to grow the business, right? Human capital. That's also an accumulation of, a- of assets. Now I want to talk about actually investing, right? Because now on the flip side, right? Like, so you have an interesting business and you, you guys sell products, you're in e-commerce, right? Uh, to a degree. Okay. So by hiring people, see now on the flip side for me, I think that because my business is revolved around content marketing, right? And personal branding, especially that personal branding stuff, me with a supercar or $300,000 car would add more fuel to the fire than hiring people because we run with, especially in terms of a cash flow syndicate example, because we run with zero employees, right? We don't need, because we don't need any employees to run that business. Maybe we're going to need some in the future. Sure. But in terms of actually scaling the business and acquiring more customers, that stuff would, I think, add more fuel to the fire than it if I depends, hired. Right. It depends on what's more important currently. Like you said, fuel to the fire. It just depends on what is going to help more right now, adding more customers and getting more customers or figuring out fulfillment so I can remove my time to get more customers. Yep. And obviously you already answered that question. It, it, exactly. more customers right now. 
let's talk about investing. Sure. So you're 23. You make a, you make, you make, you know, you do okay. <laughs> you know, and what, and something just to add to the, to the other point is like, you know, I'm, I'm going to turn 25. You just turned 23, right? Like, so you got, you got two years, you got two years on me. Year and a half. But, <laughs> but that being said, it's like, you know, you can be 25 and $300,000 car. You could be 27 in a $300,000 car, yeah. right? When, when you start getting your like, you know, you're older and everything. And it's like, you know, you're not as, there's that, there's that saying, it's like, by the time most people can afford a cool car, they're not so cool anymore. Well, you see 50 year olds driving around supercars and, and stuff. And it's like, okay, like, cool. But I want it while I'm young. I want to yeah. get rich while I'm young. That's when it matters. It doesn't matter if I'm rich at 60. Exactly. I, didn't get, I didn't get to enjoy it. I wasted my time for 30, 40 years. Exactly. Exactly. So there's a, there, there's a trade-off, right? And there, you have to find a harmony between the things that you want right now and then the, and the larger vision. Yep. And I think the battle, especially as a young man, and especially how old we are, there's a trash truck outside, is finding the balance between scale and the long-term vision and then the instant kind of short-term gratification. Sure. It's always a battle, right? The amount that we're going to spend on our birthday party, right? We could be, we could easily be like, oh, well, we could invest that into ads or invest that into into growing the business, you know, invest a couple more thousand dollars into growing the business, or whatever. But there's a trade-off. You want to have fun with your fucking boys. You want to have a good time, and that trade-off outweighs the potential scale of putting that money into into actually growing the business. Let's shift the focus of the conversation. I want to talk about investment strategies. Yep. What are you doing? Do you mind sharing like what you're what you're doing right now? Or yeah. So I think it's different for everybody in terms of like, I'm not going to recommend what people will do, but this is my mindset going into like investing, right? Me, my goal is to take the, the cash that I make and in, in my business, which is, is a lot, right? More than most people, right? Will make in, in a normal job ever. Yep. So and that's what we're building for. We want more of it. We want more every month, more cash flow. Just use that cash flow to place it into investments that will spit out cash continuously. Yep. So that's real, to me, that's real estate. That's dividend stocks. Um, I do invest in crypto as well. And obviously most cryptos are, you know, you see stable coins that pay 20% or whatever. We just saw an issue with the Terra, UST, whatever. Yesterday, the day before, right? Went to zero. Very interesting. Um, that's a, it's an interesting space, but I, I more so I've, I've been buying crypto since 2018 mm-hmm. uh, and very low amounts. Haven't sold any of it. Maybe, maybe sold, actually I sold like, that's a lot. I sold a little bit, but haven't really sold any of it. Um, because I'm looking at the long term of some of these assets to me, those are growth mechanisms that I would still sell once they reach my target price and rotate into dividends and rotate into real estate that's going to pay me consistent cash flow every single month. The only thing I want out of investment is cash that's paying me every single month. Yep. Now, what I find really interesting about that is that is the age-old Ben Graham, Warren Buffett, intelligent investor strategy, right? But the caveat to that is where you are, why, the reason why, like, okay, so like, I, okay, here's where, and I have a degree, I have a college degree in finance, I worked in, I worked in banking, I worked in 
asset management. I worked in fine in, in the financial sector as you know, with advisors and everything like that. Where I disagree for most people with that investment I'm, strategy, I'm you know what I, you know exactly what I'm gonna say. Yeah. Most people don't make enough fucking money to do that and make it make it make sense. Correct. The they reason can't, why they can't get to the compounding, they can't yes. get the curve to compound because they don't make enough money. So they're yes. they're always stuck. So if you are, and I and I and I genuinely don't think if anyone has less than a hundred thousand dollars liquid, I don't think they should invest in anything. Because what are you gonna do? You're gonna make 10% on a good year in a bull in a bull year, you're gonna make 10 to 12% average, right? Then inflation's fucking 20%, right? And then you get taxed 30% capital gains. What are you gonna make? Five grand on a hundred grand. So the key is is to take that fucking money that you have, start to, and, and there's a lot of guys who want to do business, right? Start to invest it in, in businesses are by nature investment vehicles, right? For you to start purchasing real estate when you're making, you know, 100, 200,000, I don't know how much you're making. Let's say you're making 200 grand a month, right? If you're making 200 grand net a month, dude, you could buy five properties a month, right? You get five loans on properties, have a million dollars in real estate. You can buy a million dollars in your real estate every month. You're going to get approved for it like that, right? That million dollars in real estate is going to generate you anywhere from $80,000 to $120,000 in rental income per year. You subtract that amount, you're making about 7 8%, right? Depending on the, uh, what is it? The, the cap, depending on the cap rate of the property, right? Depending on the renovations, depending on how much you make, you're into that. But the thing is, is you have the financial means where you're making so much money that it would be stupid to not get 8% on $200,000 a month. That, cause that's, cause then that's six, that's what, that's what's 8%, 16 grand a month per thing. Right. So like you're making 8%, but your 8% is so much larger and there's a, there's a larger scale and frame of reference to anybody else in that space, right? There's people that have one property, they make $300 a month. What the fuck? I've had the same conversation with my dad all the time. It's like, so, so we used to, when I was like, probably, probably three years ago, I was like 20. We used to go to some real estate, like local like meetings. Yep. Um, and people were talking, yeah, like I bought this property, da, 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 whatever, whatever. Like I put it on a FHA 3.5% and we, we profit 200 a month. And I'm like, dude, you're getting up on the roof, changing it. You're doing all this stuff for 200 bucks a month. Bro. I get it. You, you can cash out refi. You can do all that, but you're still making 200 a month. That's it a round of drinks, bro. Dude, that's less, that's less than I spend on a dinner with me and my girl. Right. It, it just doesn't make sense. Like I get it. You have an asset. You can cash out refi. You can do this, do that, whatever, whatever. And then and you're getting equity in the property. So you're, you're getting equity. You're paying down the interest. You're paying down the principal. You're getting equity. You're really making 320, but you don't see that because that's paper gains, right? Correct. This is my issue with the, the average investor, right? And it's the yeah. same thing with the fucking stock market. Oh, I made $50 on my crypto trade. You know how many And no offense to my friends in college, if you got from college, if you guys are listening to this, <laughs> you guys are fucking stupid with, like, I made $50 on my crypto trade or I'm investing this. I made, I made $100 on I've my crypto trade. The same Bro, exactly. what, Nick, what the fuck are they going to do with a, with $100? And the thing is, and it's easy for you and I to say this because our frame, our scale of reference 
is so it's so zoomed out right that it's like you know like a hundred dollars to us is like that's lunch (laughs) but like it's but for someone else it's a lot of money and what i want everybody listening and this is a really important point is you guys gotta zoom out on your scale and your frame of reference right especially with money right like i make a great amount of money. You make a great amount of money, but you are 23. I'm 24 years old. And that point is that we're at right now. It's like 1% of what we're going to be able to achieve. That's how I feel. I'm like, it's just the beginning. I always feel like it's just the beginning. It's just the beginning. It's just the beginning because genuinely it is right. The more our influence. Once you reach the, and it's a mindset thing too. And and we can touch on this later as well. Like Everything, as cliche as it sounds, literally is your mindset. Yep. All this. So as we say, oh, it's just a start. It's just a start. Like you really, you really change your mindset as you reach those new levels to to a point where it's just like, you just want more. You just want the next one. You just want to go up again. You know, I, I forget who I was talking to, but I remember when I was 23 Actually, it was about this time last year. I had my first, I, I had my first 30 something. Fa- I think I, I think I made 32 and a half grand in a month. Right. And that was me coming from sales and like average, average, you know, was like, I was making about 10 to 15. Right. So like I was doing about 150 a year when I was like 22, 23. And then I had my first 30, I think it was, yeah, $32,000 a month. And I sat there and I remember I looked and I just counted everything up and I sat there and I was like, Hmm, it's like, that was easy. I was like, so if that was that easy, I always thought like, because my frame of reference was like, I was, what I was used to was like the, you know, 10, the 15, well, you know, hitting. Right. And then I was like, okay, well that was easy. What else can I do? Like, what, how far can I take this? Like, how far can I like, okay, what do I need to do in order to double this, triple this, like 10 X this, like, it's funny, like Grant Cardone, right? Like, what do I need to 10 X this? Right. So like, and now it's just like, you have these good months, like, of course, like you're going to have months where you make more, you're going to have months where you make less, but you have these, these months and it's like, okay, well, like you were able to achieve this and it only took a certain amount of work. Like what happens if you do more? But I want to talk like, and and in terms of like investing, dude, like for the average investor, the average person can like, it's doing that. It will take forever. You're making $50,000 a year at your job. It will take forever to do that the days of at buying apple at a couple dollars when you're it's in 1980 are over you're not you, just, you don't really get those opportunities anymore imagine you know you're making fifty thousand a year in the dot-com bubble and you put yeah. all your extra money into the 20 years later you're rich you're incredibly rich but those days to me in my opinion are over because of inflation because of what we're seeing and you can't you can't do the same strategy. The Benjamin Graham strategy and Warren Buffett strategy is the strategy to do if you already have money. And if you really go look back at Warren Buffett's history and what he did, if you go read it, just go look it up. Warren Buffett's history. Anyone, anyone listening? Warren Buffett owned small little businesses to yep. get his capital, then raised money, and then invested that money. And yep. that's how he got rich. Yes. He and bought he, just, he bought newspapers. He bought new, he bought, he used to deliver local newspapers and he bought newspapers. And then when he started, he started making money, he started to buy local businesses and then took all of that cash flow and rolled it into larger scale equity investments. Right. You guys listening, right? You guys are sitting here listening to me and Nick. 
we have focused the past year, past multiple years of our life on creating cash flow, on making money, on making money, because you're not, you like, if you don't have cash flow, you don't have anything. Something I really loved that you tweeted, you were like, how can I make 50 grand today? Right now. You were like, how can I make 50 grand today? Like, I don't give a fuck about tomorrow. I give a fuck about today. How can we add another 50K in revenue? How do we do this today? You guys got to start thinking like this. Because when you start thinking like this, like especially coming from like a sales background, like, dude, like, you know, if you want to make 50 grand, you make a hundred phone calls and you make like, or like, even if like, you know, you press some buttons and you, and you spend more on advertising or you make phone calls and you acquire new clients. And then you sell, like, if you want to make 50 grand, that means you need like five meetings a day, right? Like, and you sell, say, you know, so say, say your package is $10,000 and you five, you need five sales a day. How do you get five sales a day? Okay. You hire two salespeople and then you take 30 calls a day. You just need to talk to people. You need to talk to more people people in front of you and pitch them your product. That's it. That's it. Whatever vehicle. And and it's whatever vehicle that you're doing that by, whether it's Instagram, whether it's TikTok, whether it's Twitter, right. Whether it's on the phone, whether it's via email, whatever the fuck it is. The the issue with people when they want to get started in like making money and everything is like, and, and, you know, everyone's going to be sitting here thinking like, Oh, well, like I, how do I make more money? It's just, you have to pitch your product to more people. It's literally the law of large numbers. There's, 25 million small businesses in America. There's a subsection of those who do really well. And then there's a subsection of those who are going to buy your product. You need, you need like 10 deals to make like top 1% income in the world. Like you need 10 deals at four, four grand a month to make half a million dollars a year. Yep. Most people are just lazy. One of the reasons my, I tweeted about this. I I would, I would touch on one, one other point, not just that they're lazy, is that they have limiting beliefs. Yes. Well, I can only I can only do this amount. I can only do this amount. And as soon as you say that, you believe it. Right? Yeah. But if you actually believe you can do an unlimited amount, you do a lot. You would do tons. Yeah. So the biggest thing is limiting beliefs where it's like, oh, you know, like when I was first starting, like, you get to 10K a month, oh, 50K a month is a lot. 50K a month is a lot. I don't know if I can get there. And yeah. Then you, then you ultimately smash it and you're consistently above that. 100k a month is a lot. Like, ah, I don't know if I can get there. And then, and then, like six months ago, nine months ago, it was like a million a month is a lot. And now we have the, the framework and the game plan to go and, and hit yeah. that for the years over. It's like you just continue to smash those limiting beliefs. And if you have limiting beliefs, you just need to remove them. Yes. And, and think through, like, okay, why am I actually thinking this way? And why am I thinking in a sense that, like, I can't do more? Yeah. I, I think it's because mo- most of the time it's from societal programming. Yeah. Because you, you get to like, you go through school. Like, let's think about the average life cycle, right? They like tell you what's average. They tell, they tell you, you what's average. Tell you what's average. Maybe you'll make 50 grand a year. Like, dude, like we have, you know, you included, like we, like I'm like my friends, I have friends that are making 200, 300 grand a month. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like, dude, like, and you guys are fucking crushing. Like, and it's like, you know, like, and I look at you guys, I'm like, okay, well, like, why the fuck am I thinking that, you know, we can only do, and my buddy, my buddy Farshad, he told me the other day at dinner, he's like, you know, why do you think that he's like, dude, he's like, you guys are going to be at a half a million dollars a month implementing and setting up the framework to get there. And you need to remove the limiting beliefs, right? You need to remove that threshold, right? There's, and, and what it is, is we create a glass ceiling for ourselves based on the things that we believe. Like, oh, that's a lot. Or, oh, that's a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot. Like, your work ethic reflects that glass ceiling. 
Because if yep. you're in the range of like, oh yeah, we're doing good, man. You, you're just going to chill. You don't yep. have the accountability. You don't have the pressure on you to go above that. You're just going to chill. Your work yep. ethics can reflect it. You hit your numbers, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you start to be, you start to become complacent, but you have to, and, and something that I always realized, cause like, I just got back from, I just got back from another three week trip in Europe. I got back like a week and a half ago and dude, like the last time I went to Europe, I went for two and a half months. I didn't do a fucking thing. And I came back with a vengeance. I built two companies start making shits on one. I quit my job, went to Europe, came back, built two fucking companies, built Twitter, built my Twitter brand and everything. Like, and yeah. now coming back, it's like, I see the, and I needed that time away to feel what true complacency feels like. You're just getting drunk every day. You're hanging out. You're fucking sitting there. I know you feel exactly. what true complacency feels like. So that now that I'm back home, dude, I'm working like a motherfucker. Yeah. I felt that when I first came to Miami. Really? Where I just got distracted, you know, going out, whatever. Business isn't the priority. We're here in Miami. Business was priority, but it wasn't actually being done yeah and um it took me a good like five six months to get that out of my system and like and really this year and re more recently in the past about two months yeah it's full, it's come full circle to be fully like locked in like that's gone i haven't gone out in six months um just have no you interest. seem like you're locked in i just have no interest i'm i'm locked in right now we're at the computer every day pushing grinding i think one of the bigger things that we've done and i was i was talking with logan about this and people listening to this probably know who logan is yeah. um but one of the things that's helped me and we're having this conversation is i i have a pretty big team of employees now we have six american employees we have like 15 vas we have people that rely on us yeah. to make sure every month we got money coming in so they can get their paycheck and they yep. can you know eat Right. And we rely on them to make sure our system keeps running. Because if I can't pay them, our system breaks. As so an entrepreneur, you work for the people. Like people understand this, dude. Like as an entrepreneur, regardless if you're like a solopreneur with clients or you have a team, a giant team like you, you work for the people who work for you. People glorify entrepreneurship and running your own business and running these things is like, I'm just going to sit back, not do anything and make bunches like a shit ton of money. Like, no, like when you scale, when you start to get over, you know, 30, $50,000 a month, you need a team to go further because you can't genuinely do everything yourself and, and you work for the people that work for you. And you have to make sure that you are taking care of them. I always say, you got to take care of your people. Because the more you do that, they're going to take care of you. It's a reciprocal right. relationship. And, and then the business grows. And you turn into a real business. You know, when you're just a solopreneur, you make 40, 50K a month. You can be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to chill next month. That's whatever. Like, I made 40K last month. That's good. Like, that's what the average American makes. Whatever. It's cool. And I think people <laughs> fall into that a lot in this space. And that's why they get capped. That's why they don't scale. And, and that's why they get stuck. But yeah. you put that pressure on you of like, okay, I'm building a real company. What does it take to get to millions a month? What does it take to have a team? And, and I have people relying on me. That's an immense amount of pressure to show up every single day to deliver for those people and to, you know, get real results and, and make more money. Yeah. It forces you. Now, but, let me ask you this. Like, so, and this is going to be a kind of funny question. Okay. Do you have to work anymore? Like um, in terms of where you're at financially, can you chill? I mean, 
maybe the not based on what you want, but based on can I chill at a relatively chilling level of spending under, you know, let's say you're spending five, six, seven K a month, right? Can you chill for like the next five years? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So this is a this is interesting, and I want the listener to hear this. When you are doing something purely out of, but now you're doing it, you're hooping for sport now, right? Like you're not, you're not necessarily chasing the, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it doesn't seem like you're chasing the, I want to get rich. You're chasing like, yo, like I'm building something and I want to build something massive. That's what it it takes to get there. It's um, maybe it's both. I do want to get rich. The answer is do. And I realized that I want to get rich and I have to get rich because of what's happening to the world. Right yes. Now. Oh, because absolutely. You can live a very good life and not be rich 50 years ago. That's no longer the case. No. Inflation, what's happening, lockdowns, all that shit. You need to be rich. You need to be dangerous. You need to have guns, eventually bodyguards. You need to know how to fight. You need to have all that shit. You need to have like off grid locations, passports, everything. Yes. And to do that, you need to be rich and you need to have money in order for that to happen, in order for you to maintain your freedom. So, therefore, I am building for that because we yep. have a closing window of, of opportunity to really get it before I believe it gets much harder. You know, when a crypto dollar is instituted, it's going to get really hard for a lot of people. You and I are building for the same reasons. You and I are building for absolutely the same reason. I'm going to ask you this. What's your number? I think a hundred million is required. Okay. Interesting. I think, I don't think you're far off. I don't think you're far off. I think, especially right now, like, okay. Like if you said, I'll give you 10, $10 million right now. I think you, it, I think it's doable, but I think you need multiple eight figures in order to, to genuinely be, what's the word I'm looking for? Untouchable. That's a good word. Uh, I think it's untouchable. I think you need 30, I need, I think you need 20, 30 million baseline. I think it's low. Why? Can you buy a jet? A yeah, real jet. good jet with 20 to 30 mil? Buy a jet for three. Yeah, but you're gonna finance that jet. You're you're gonna have no. If you have three million dollars, you can buy a jet for three million dollars cash. Right, but you're gonna you're gonna have a lot of that tied up in assets. Do you really want to put three million into a jet? To me, I think you need to have fifty to hundred to really really go and buy like a jet, like a true like jet that can take you to anywhere you want in the world at any time. True mm-hmm. freedom. That's my that's my thinking. A jet, your boat. Can you build the ultimate off-grid compound when you have 20 to 30 mil? Maybe. Think, Maybe that compound is 10 mil, but you still want to have assets. You still yeah. want to have shit I see, up. I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. But the, I think the, the definition, it just depends on what your definition is. Right. People could say, oh, the ultimate off-grid compound is a of course. Is a two thousand square foot house in Colombia with off the grid with with satellite internet and like you gotta and you have a fucking nuke phone. Like you could say that and like and like six South American wives, like you could say that. But like I think I don't think you're far I don't think you're far off. I think it's I think it's probably required, but I think with a couple million, you can live a modicum of that life. Of course. With a couple million. 
I would agree. And I think that number is around five to 10. But if you want to fucking, if you want a big Gulfstream 500, if you want Air Nick. <laughs> yeah. if, you want, if you want everything and to have the freedom, I think the number is 100. So mm-hmm. that would, that's what I would say as is a, a minimum I'm shooting for uh, before my 20s are over. I would say even before that, maybe in the next three to four years, I would like to be there. And I think it's possible. I think it's more than possible. Yeah. But, but as you scale up, you're going you're gonna to need to do multiple million dollar months, Correct. right? You're going to need to do multiple, you know, four or five, $6 million months. Right. If you want to get there before you're 30, you need to do multiple, but it's cool to get there at 32, but, sure. clocks, but, but the thing is, is clock's ticking, right? And that sense of urgency. It's important, sure. it's important to set the goals. Like, dude, it's gonna, it needs to happen in three years because mm-hmm. you'll probably be fine if you get it at 32, but if you shoot for 32, it's going to happen at 40. Yep. You have to aim. That's something Dan, I was, I love Dan Pena. He's like, and you have to set bigger fucking goals. If you set hundred million as a goal and you hit 50, like you should be upset. <laughs> he says you should be upset because you could have shot for a billion and made 250. Yeah. Right. And I think what's interesting is, is, and I, I want to ask you about this because you, you said, you know, you have the framework and the scale to be doing like a million a month. Right. A lot of people's business models, like, I don't think I can take a marketing agency to a million dollars a month. Like an, e- like, an, like an email marketing agency to like a million dollars a month. Like that would be a little bit, that would be kind of like, I think sure. that just- It'd be a lot. It'd be a lot. So what's also important is like, you have to pick the right things. Like I can take Cashflow Syndicate, Cashflow Syndicate to a million a month. Yes. That has infinite scale, right? But at, where there's work and service fulfillment required on a very high level and a very deep level, that I think the deeper the service fulfillment goes, the harder it is to scale. But what's interesting is a lot of people, they pick the wrong things to work on and do because they are, they cap them, they cap themselves out. Like I said, with that, that glass ceiling based on what's required of them to get to that, that upper echelon, that next level. So I think it's very important to, to start to pick models and pick businesses where you can do the, you can work, right. But you're working on the right things because that scalability is there. Does that make sense? hundred, hundred percent. There's, um, Hormozy talks about this because I, I say Hormozy because he uses this example all the time. You know, you see level 10 people in level two opportunities. Yep. We can't make money, but you'll see level two people in level 10 opportunities and they're rich. Yeah. I see it all the time in the business that I'm in. You know, we work with people that are that level two person in a level 10 opportunity. And then when they come to work with us, they won't do the work of like being a personal brand yeah. and running their Instagram and, and, and recording the videos and putting the stories up just like we lay out for them. They won't do it because they're a level two person and they had uh, a level 10 opportunity. But now this is a, a harder path for that level 10 and they get stuck. Right? Yeah. And I see it all the time. So yeah, it's about whatever level you're at, picking something that is the maximum money-making opportunity. Yeah. Like what I was going to say and what I've been thinking about recently, something that's just been on my mind recently is like the, the nature of like the scalability, you know, you know, Alex Hyden, right? Yeah. Yeah. So Alex asked me, he said, you know, what's your like moonshot play? Somebody, I think it was Alex. He asked me, you know, what's your moonshot play, dude? And like, I've thought about so many things and like, there's so many. And the thing is like, when you're in business, you have a million ideas 
but the idea is like they have to make sense for you to execute on like you can't just execute on every single idea you have to execute on the right ones but what's interesting is like i was thinking about it, i was like okay well what's my moonshot play and i was like fuck like i don't know because if i wanted to say like i know i i could probably build a merchant cash advance company hire salespeople, hire an underwriting team, hire software developers to build the backend software, get, get banks on for fulfillment and everything, and then sell for like 30 or 40 or 50, however much. That would take three to five years, but I'd make $50 million. I could do that, but like, there's just some things that like, you just, you know, you know what I mean? That you just don't want to do. Like that, that sounds like absolutely lifeless and fucking boring to me. Yes. So like, I think 100%. you probably wouldn't make that money because you'd get burnt out or just wouldn't enjoy it. And it's yeah. just, you don't have the drive to do it. So when, and I think, and this is interesting and this, Oh, this brings me to my point is like, when you feel, if you're doing something right in life or like, if you're doing something, especially in business, right? Because we all got into business to get rich. Everybody, no one is, if somebody tells you they got into business to make an impact and help no, the, the bullshit. I, I, oh, listen. Also, coaching products, I'm not selling coaching products to help you. It's going to help you, but I'm doing it to make money. Yeah. Yeah. Straight up. Straight up. The more money that we make, the more that we can help other people. But it was strictly, like, you get into business to get rich. Like, no one's sitting there fucking saying, oh, I want to make an impact on the community. They are never successful, and I don't think you should ever listen to those people. Of course. But something interesting is like when you are in business, or you're working on something and you feel like a negative kind of feeling about doing it, it, that means it's time to shift focus, right? Like if you're working on scaling a company to, let's say you want to make hundred grand a month, right? Or you're working on, or even you're starting out and you're trying to scale a company or you're trying to scale like an agency or you're trying to sell a product. And like you have a apprehension is the word where you have a, a true apprehension of like, Oh, like I'm really just not motivated to do it. That means you just don't want it. And you should really only focus on, especially at, at our level now is like, you should only really focus on the things that you have a true kind of like calling and like passion to do. Right. Because anything else is going to be a waste of time because you're not going to give it your all. Mm-hmm. You're going to be lackadaisical. And if you're lackadaisical and complacent, that means the people that you're taking on the clients that you're servicing you're not going to get the best result for because you don't give a fuck and you don't have a vested interest in, in their success. And you don't even have a vested interest in yours. I would go as far as to say, you don't even have a vested interest in your success because you don't give a fuck. So I want to know your thoughts on that because I've done that like multiple times, especially like when I was like doing drop shipping and like all this other shit, like back in the day, like, like sales. Like, you know, you don't have it like back, toward the back end of my sales. Like when I was doing sales, it's just like, I didn't have a vest. Like, I don't give a fuck about calling these people anymore. Exactly. I don't give a fuck about selling this product. I didn't care about car sales. The drop shipping was cool, but the products were gimmicky. I didn't give a fuck. It was, it's not my target audience. Like, it's not who I am as a person. Um, before I, before I kind of get into because I'll tell you what my moonshots are or moonshot, but I want to know, have you figured out your moonshot? Dude, I thought I was going to build, actually, I'll bring my, I'll show you. I was going to, so when I was 19, I had the idea. So like, I'm from Philly, bro. And like, we had SEPTA. I don't know if you've ever been to Philly, but we had SEPTA, bro. And like in New York, like MTA, right? Like with the coins and the trans passes, right? I would always lose my coins and always lose my trans pass, right? I would keep it in different coat pockets and shit. And so I was like, okay, well, like, 
our phones have like this NFC chip where like we can pay for shit. Like we have Apple pay. I was like, why can't I just fucking put the trans pass on my phone? Mind blowing idea. So I was working on this fucking app for a while and I got told that it wasn't going to work multiple times actually. And I figured out nine months, I heard nine months ago that a company just got a hundred million dollar contract from SEPTA to build the fucking thing. Massive fucking L. But it, but it was cool, dude. We were going to take a percentage of the percentage of it. So you were able to, you know, purchase credits and everything like ride credits and use like your payment method and everything. We were just going to take a, a half a basis point on every single transaction that was through the app, maybe sell advertising, have um, kind of like a ways model where they sell advertising, right? Integrated with Google Maps, all that shit. Good to go where you could pay for any mass transit in, in the entire world, um, all from your phone. And that was like, I thought that was gonna, that was like a billion dollar play. Then I saw, I got mad. I, I got, from, I got home from the airport one day. I think I was coming back from Miami a couple months ago and I pull up my Apple wallet. Where is that? Pull my Apple wallet. Where is it? And now it says apply for Apple card. It says debit or credit card. And then it says transit card. So they built it right in. And then, look, transit card. We have Clipper, Smart Trip, Beijing. And you were gonna build. You were gonna build one of the cards. No, we were gonna build literally this where you could pay for every single oh. every single fucking mass transit company on Earth from one app. Gotcha. And, and Apple, Apple just added it. Apple just did it. Apple just did it. That's probably a good thing you didn't do. Huh? Probably a good thing that you. I did. was gonna do it four years ago. Uh, okay, got it. So I was already, I was working on the idea like four years ago. I remember, but you know, the thing is, is it teaches me a lesson because now I know when the next fucking big idea comes, because I didn't have the sales ability. I was, I was, I fucking took to. I didn't have the sales ability that I have now. I didn't have the conviction. I was 19, 20 years old, bro. I was in college. was fucking, I had 50 bucks, bro. Like what the fuck is a kid with $50 going to do compared to a massive corporation or people with a bunch of money. So now when the next idea comes up with something like that, that I really feel a calling to, that I'm really passionate about, that I'm really convicted on. You I have, have the skills. skills. You have the skills and the money to apply the leverage to it. Yes. Most beginners won't. Yes. So that leads me into what, what we are doing. I think there's always the, the moonshot, right? But to me, you need to build a cash flowing business first. Yep. Fund the moonshot. So that's what we're doing right now. We're going to get it to a mill a month. But it's interesting because the cash flowing business that I have, which is Instagram pages and the entire network that we're building at a million a month and the agency we have, right? That just funds everything, but we have all the traffic. And what we'll do is we will start companies and brands that we can plug into that traffic and promote that can be actual moonshots. So one of the first attempts is going to be this clothing here. We haven't really started promoting it all that much yet. But that is something I believe we can sell for 10 to $50 million once it reaches scale. And we're just going to plug it into the network that we're building, build it, and sell it. And yep. then the network stays intact, never gets sold. And we just plug new ones in all the time, build it, sell it. And you can replicate that across every single different niche. Correct. In the world. And you never sell the traffic because, you never, because the traffic is the cash flow. It's not actually, and the thing, the beauty about that is like, and I've heard about your, I think Mason had told me about your model, but like you never sell the traffic. You never sell the network because the network is the business. It's not 
the product isn't the business. The brand is the business. It's the network that is the business, mm-hmm. right? So you get to just create, pop this up, pop this up, bam, 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 sell. And you and, and you can continue to replicate that literally indefinitely until the end of time. We have, we have all the leverage that no one else would have. I mean, there's yep. people out there that have it, similar, but we're but you corporations. Have, they're corporations at the end of the day, the big ones. You have the, see, the thing is, is that versus somebody like who wants like some, some kid trying to do like a clothing brand. They, they have, they don't have that network. They have to build everything from the ground up. It allows you to have incredible exponential amounts of leverage into every single new venture that you guys go into. And, and the only reason I did a clothing brand is because we already had the leverage. We're already using it to grow it. Yeah. It's just about putting time and attention into it to really blow it up. Uh, but yeah, I, I would never, at this point, build the cash flow business. I would never start anything unless we have the leverage for it. But you get four of those exits, you get two of those exits, right, that are big. Those, those are your moonshots. You can just keep plugging them in year after year after year as long as you have the network traffic there and you own it. That's a big fucking glass. Holy shit. So, yeah, I don't know what my play is going to be. I think... I think we scale cash flows. I think we do the, the most possible. I don't know if you saw what Tate's doing right now. I think I talk about Tate every fucking podcast. I don't know if yeah, you saw totally. what Tate's doing, but he is, this is, I think what he's doing with affiliate marketing right now on TikTok is going to go down as one of the greatest marketing strategies in the history of marketing. We're going to try to replicate it. So are we. Uh, I don't know if we're going to be able to, but we have, so we have a little bit of an advantage over the other people is that we already have, the system to pump out content on a mass scale. Yeah. Similar to how he does it. Um, so we'll see what happens. Well, they're doing it um, affiliate structure. So it's almost like, so you come in, you, you sign up and then the fastest way to make money in, 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 in their thing is because is by doing literally the same thing and promoting it. It's a bit of a, you know. Yeah. 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 But it works. I get it. Yes. What we're going to try to do, and, and I'll just say this blatantly because it's no fucking secret, we're going to do the same thing, except we're going to have, we're going to own all the accounts. That's what we're doing. Right. So we're going to own all the accounts, 20 to 30 different accounts that repost, that repost things like podcast. We do need more, but on a, on a scale level, you know, start with 10 to 20 accounts, repost things like podcast clips, like with you and I repost, you know, Mason stuff, whatever content that I'm going to create. And then just kind of do whatever we fucking can to spread it across every single and, every single acquisition channel like wildfire. And not only is it blowing up his business in regards to cash flow, it is blowing up his brand as a whole across yes. TikTok, across YouTube, and across Instagram. I don't know if you know this, but he's also doing the exact same thing on Instagram yep. and on YouTube. He has yep. short channels and he has yep. reels channels on Instagram and YouTube, and he's doing the exact same thing in his brand entirely is blowing you know, I went to uh, the comments um, on TikTok today because I was taking a, taking a look at it, and it was the comments on an impulsive video. I'm not sure if you know what impulsive is from Logan. Yeah, Paul, of course, of course. Podcast, right. Every comment, the first fifty comments are get Tate on, get Tate on, get Tate on. His brand as a whole is blowing up, not just his business. He did the Tom Segura podcast, got two million views. The Fresh and Fit shit got two million views. He goes on impulsive, it'll get five million views. Right. What does that do to the brand as a whole? How many, but the thing is, is like, you're only seeing like, and you know, 
what's interesting is like, you know, me and him have interacted a little bit on Twitter, but what you're seeing is like, okay, he's, they're adding 60, 80, 60 to $80,000 in MRR every single day. On top of that, you don't even know how many people are trickling through buying other subscriptions, buying courses, buying all of this shit. And honestly, I'll go as far as to say this. This is the greatest fucking playbook ever created in order to build a personal brand. It's incredible. It I've is. Watched, I don't watched know his, thought of it, but it's insane. I've watched his Instagram go from about three to 400,000, which were giveaway followers. A lot of those were giveaway followers, not legit followers, maybe maybe 100K worth, and blow up from the TikTok traffic with all real people and yep. real engagement. Real engage. I saw it's about eight hundred. It's about eight hundred thousand, and it's been in the past two weeks. Yep, it's insane. It's fucking insane. I saw the same thing happen with Grego Gallagher actually. When Grego Gallagher had like a thirty million or something Instagram reel, wow, and he got three hundred thousand followers or something. But you don't even like you don't even understand. Like, and the thing is, is like let's think about shit in terms of like LTV, right? Like, what is the long term lifetime value of these customers, right? Like, the more because you know, me and me and Dan were talking about this. Your job as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, is just create as much social proof as possible. So the more people that come in, the more people make money. And this is my thought process with Cashflow Syndicate as well as like the more people that come in, the more social proof we get, the more wins and the more testimonials and the more people that make money, the more we can use that as content, the more we can talk about it. And it grows the brand, it grows the brand, it grows the brand. Then what's the LTV of that customer? What's the LTV? Like somebody comes in, they start making 10, 20 grand a month. Like they're bought into what we, what we do, right? Like they're bought into the, they will buy the next thing. Exactly. So you think about that shit in terms of LTV and where that's going. Let's say, let's say he's doing $5 million a month off one thing. Yeah. Then, okay. $5 million a month off of that. And mind you, he's in Romania paying no tax. Zero tax. Zero. Five, say they do $5 million a month off that. Then they do $3 million, $3 million a month off of the courses that they sell. Or even if they say they do an extra million or two a month off of the, off of the other info products, right? Then they can use that cash flow to create more cash flow. Correct. Dude, imagine what you and I would sit and fucking cook up if we had $5 million net profit a month coming in. Exactly. Like, imagine like we sat like us, like, and like the, the, you guys call yourselves the associates, like us and all the fucking boys. Right? Like, so let's say we all sat in a room. We're like, boys, we got 10 million a month coming in. What should we do? Okay, let's buy a jet. Let's buy a yacht. Let's buy this. Let's buy that. And you literally, we could sit there and cook up like fucking. And this comes back to the investment strategy we were talking about of like, you have that coming in. You can guarantee that you will be rich forever if you just put one month worth of that into properties or one yeah. month worth of that into stock and you could fuck off with the rest of the month and all the other months, whatever. And you could spend $55 million doing whatever the fuck you want to do. And all, all that matters is that you reach scale. That's it. That's it. So this is an important lesson, right? Like that is something like they're, they're making more from that per month than like in the first three months than, than they probably ever did on webcam. Right. Probably. Like or only fans or shit like that. So it's like, you think about that, that is a great example of building something with massive infinite scale, low, what, low barrier to entry in terms of service fulfillment, 
because once you have a system that works that people can follow and you have a core product and it works, then you can scale it to the fucking stratosphere. And then you can do millions of dollars a month instead of five figures a month because you're focused on the right things. And then you can funnel. And this is something Iman Gaji talks about all the time is like, you build a cash flow business. And he always uses agency as an example because he has a course that he sells agency. You build a cash flowing business and then you invest that into assets that pay you over time. And the more you grow the other business, the more the asset portfolio grows, which means your passive passive income, using air quotes right now, mm-hmm. which means your active, your, your active and passive income both grow. And so you compound it in two ways instead of one. At the same time. Genius shit, dude. It's genius. It's not, it's not even genius shit. It feels genius because no one else is really doing it. You grow up and it's just not something you learn. But yeah. it feels genius because it's like, oh wow, like this is how it works. This is how you do it. And then once you do it and you and it really starts to work and you see it happening, it's like, holy shit. Yeah. It's like I, I I'm doing it. Yeah. What's your workout routine like? Uh, <laughs> that's funny. Typically do a push pull leg rest. Okay. Pull rest. I I was going to MMA a lot last year, beginning of this year. I've just kind of held off uh, from that. For right now, check. it's a time thing. Yeah, yeah. Go check. It's a it's a time thing where, dude, it's a it's a twenty minute drive there. You're there for two three hours. Twenty minute drive back. You're exhausted after. Um, I I would much rather put those three hours into my business for right now, just of like. And, and to make meaningful progress in MMA, you can't go once a week. You need to no. go like three, four, five times a week. So those three hours a day are too valuable to me for my business right now that I can't, I can't give those up. You have to, in order, and, and so I train, so my father, I, I talk about this and I want to relate this because you said something very important. I, so I trained Muay Thai and, and Shogunru Karate. My dad had a secondary brown belt. He was 101st Airborne in the American military, um, almost three figures in terms of, you know, triple digits in terms of, you know, what he did over there um, in Southeast Asia. But that being said, like fighting is something that you have to dedicate your life to and being like, you can be lethal, right? Like if I didn't spend, you know, almost every waking minute when I was for, for, you know, about eight years when I was with my dad, every single time I saw him, you know, literally eight to 10 hours a day of training, I, pro- I wouldn't be able to, I wouldn't probably be able to have the same level that I do now in terms of like what I can do in, in, in terms of being able to fight. But if you're like, if you are only going to MMA like once a week and then you're spending four hours and like the trade-off, like you're not going to be as good and you're actually doing a disservice to yourself because you're not going to be as good as you want to be. That's going to affect you and you're going to start to get beat up. It's going to start to affect your confidence and shit. And it'll affect your business. Yes. Uh, because you're just taking time away from it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and if that's your primary focus, then you're ultimately losing. Like you, like if I wanted, like, if I wanted to train, like, this is, this is the reason why I'm not, I, I'm not, I, I don't, I don't do that. Right. Like, you know, you know how many times Ricardo and, and, and Luke and everybody's like, yo, like come to goat shed, come train MMA. Like, bro, I'm going to step in there once and I'm going to train MMA for what, bro? For, like for what? I'm gonna train MMA, and then one of you motherfuckers gonna be like, "Oh, let's spar in the ring," and somebody's gonna get their fucking ass kicked, and somebody's gonna get leaked. And it is fun, though. It is fun. It's super fun, but also you can't like 
if I like the reason I don't, the reason I'm not in LA right now, training at a boxing gym or something like that is because I know if I start training, if I start training to fight, I'm going to want to dedicate my fuck. I'm going to want to dedicate my shit to that. Like, I'm going to want to really like, really be dominant at that shit because there's no, you have to sacrifice, you have to sacrifice your personal life and whatever else. If you really want something at the end of the day, to me, balance in life is bullshit. Oh, I'm gonna live a balanced life. I'm gonna do everything. You can't do everything. Oh. If you really want to make it in one realm. You can't do everything. So for me, what are my priorities right now? Is my priority to get super, super good at fighting? If it is, I am going to go and dedicate my entire life to it. It's more important than me living a balanced life. Right now, that's not the case. Right now, the case is like the business is more important than me as a person mm-hmm. uh, living a balanced life. So the business gets all of the focus. Absolutely. With anything. Absolutely. You have to be, and you have to be, and, and this is really interesting about us and our friend group and you and I, like I said, we haven't, you know, this is probably the, and I'm, I'm actually really excited to, to come see you in a couple of weeks, dude. Cause I think, you know, we're going to obviously get along in, in real life very, very well, but um, all of our friends are fucking obsessive people. Like, dude, we are like genuinely obsessed about everything that we do. Right. Like, but what's interesting is I'll go as far as to say this is like there are certain seasons of your life where you're obsessed a little bit more about different things, right? Like you and I are in shape, right? Like we would have to do a lot of damage to our bodies in order to get out of shape, right? Like because we've spent so much time being obsessed to a certain degree about fitness, about staying in shape, about all these things. But you have to like, especially with where you want to go and where your vision is and where your dreams are, you want to be obsessed about business. You can't be obsessed about fighting. Because as a hot-blooded, red-blooded alpha male, if you get in there and you start wanting to train, you're going to really want to train. Every like, you're not going to want to go in there and get beat up. You're not going to – you're going to want to go in there and knock motherfuckers out. You're going to want to get in – continue sparring, get in the – like, you, you're going to want to be – you're going to start to be obsessed because you see that you're not as good as you could be at something. And as the type of person that you and I, I know for a fact, are, we want to be good in so many realms of human existence – that we don't want to have any weaknesses. And and you can get all of them, but I believe you have to focus on mastery of one. Yes. Each one at a, at a time. You can't master multiple ones at the same time. It's like a video game, dude. You got to master Like, it's like, it's like playing, like, um, it's like playing RuneScape, dude. Like you, you got to master, like, if you don't master, like you're not going to be able to train your, I don't know if you ever played RuneScape. You're not able to fucking train your attack level as efficiently if you don't have 99 strength. The game that I played that was like the strategy game was Clash of Clans. I was like obsessed with it as like in middle school like and whatnot. And dude, I was so good. So I was obsessed with it. Yeah. And, and, but it's the same thing. You focus on one thing at a time. Yeah. To, you got to upgrade the, you got to upgrade the towers. You got to upgrade the offense before you can upgrade the defense because if you don't have good <laughs> offense, you're fucked. Yes. What is offense? Cash flow, more exactly. power, more cash flow into the fucking world, right? Like the more and the more shit that we do with that, the more that we're going to be able to upgrade all of the other areas of our lives. Nick, I think this has been a great conversation, my friend. I love it. It's yeah. been a great conversation. Um, we're coming up on on everything. I don't know if I mean you know what kind of what kind of time you have, but um, I got a few more minutes. Yeah, dude, this has been, I think this has been a great conversation, dude. I think the, the guys listening, guys and girls listening to take, take a lot from this and I'm excited. We're going to, we're going to have a great time. Uh, Memorial day weekend on the yacht. Gonna have a good fucking time. Dude. Go to dinner. We'll talk more in person, you know, off camera about the, uh, about the, 
the hundred million dollar compound. So, Dude, I need to get. I was. I've been looking at Italian villas, bro. Interesting, bro. One point four, eleven bedrooms, eleven bathrooms, thirty-seven acres, hundred foot pool. Where? Tuscany. Interesting. Tuscany. You can get a lot of shit in Sicily as well. Are you? You're not Sicilian, are you? Uh, I believe we are. A little bit. A little bit. Uh, so I, I. It was. Um, I don't know the exact city, but it, there, there's a bit of Sicilian and there's a bit of uh, a little bit northern. Yeah. Uh, but it was my great grandparents that did come over. Um, yeah, same. Same. You got to get your Italian passport, brother. Italian passport. Get your ta- Listen, this is something. This, so, this, that's actually, no one really probably knows this because they just saw me like traveling around a bunch of countries the past couple of weeks. The reason I went back over to Italy was to solidify that I could get my. Italian passport because all I need, I have everything else. I just need my great grandfather's birth certificate from a town in a bumblefuck town in Italy from their public records department. And when the day that I was trying to go, it was Italian Independence Day and everything was closed, but I was on a tight time schedule. So I had to, had to have my get in touch with my cousins and have my cousins handle it. But if you get a ta- Italian, an Italian passport because it's an EU citizenship, you can live anywhere in Europe. This includes Greece. This includes anywhere in the European Union indefinitely because you're a citizen of the European Union. So that means you can live in Sweden. You can live in Greece. You can live in France, Germany, whatever the fuck it is, because you have an, Itali- you have an Italian citizenship. Let's talk more about this when you come here. We will. Very, I, I, we need to do that. Or I need to do that. Well, I like everything will. about it. We will, bro. Um, it's a great place to end it. I think uh, we've covered a lot from sales, from making money to mindset, to mentality, from everything, man. I can't wait to uh, can't wait to see you, my friend, and uh, we'll talk soon, bro. Sounds good, man. I appreciate it. See you, brother. Bye.